the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Well, after a week's delay or so, the results are in. The FBI report has been presented. Mm -hmm. The entire uh, assembled Senate has had a chance to sit down and review. And apparently the White House is saying... We are good to go, and there's going to be a vote that starts tomorrow. It should be a done deal by Saturday that Brett Kavanaugh will be the next Supreme Court Justice of the United States. I'm only human after oh all. Goodness. I'm only human after all. Don't put your blame on me. Now, we'll not get a chance Don't to see this, will we? Uh-uh. I mean, this is just going to be closed off. Yep. So, as you might expect, there has been praise from one side of the aisle, mm-hmm. and condemnation from the other side of the aisle. Right. Essentially, we all knew this. This is politics as usual. Despite the extra week that was asked for and given, it looks as though it's just same old, same old. Diane Feinstein said, I heard a news report uh, just this afternoon, that she read the FBI report and declared it rushed and incomplete. Fine. I mean, I don't know what people expect now. I really don't. So you got the FBI involved. They've done, I believe, due diligence. I believe that they are nonpartisan. Um, so now well, what? Well, for sure. There's And, and she said, um, I don't know if the White House had anything to do with that, basically insinuating that he did, which is funny to think that anybody would think that this FBI would be working in, con- in concert with the White House. Exactly. I mean, I don't see that happening. Look, last Thursday, we sat here and watched... In disbelief. The, in, right. In, in, at the, the Kavanaugh questioning, and every single Democratic senator pretty much said, why don't you want an FBI investigation? Why don't you want an FBI? I mean, it was like every single senator on the Judiciary Committee from the Democratic side said that. Right. So yeah. they went ahead and did it. And so now you're complaining, and you're saying the FBI did an incomplete job. Right. Well, I'd, what it... <sighs> I really don't think there's any way to satisfy the Kavanaugh opponents. I don't think there is. I don't think there's anything that could be done other than him withdrawing. My guess is this, with this whole resist, 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 that from this day forward, if people are upset with the judiciary or the Senate or whatever branch of the government, I mean, you see you know, all these senators being dogged now. You know, walking through airports or in restaurants. That's this is awful, this is how it's going to be. Awful idea. It's you know citizens' action, where bold and brave citizens stepping out to speak up for democracy. This is where we are. There are also people protesting outside of the. Uh, I'm not sure what you the D.C. Circuit Courthouse mm-hmm. where Kavanaugh works. Yeah. Um, there are all sorts of of uh, students protesting there. There are students protesting, apparently, at other courthouses in other parts of the country. Brave heroes all. I mean, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. 
So basically has it come down to at this late date when the senators are about to vote exactly what it started with, right. which is that people either are thumbs up or thumbs down simply because they agree or disagree with his judicial philosophy. Well, they tried to make it a little deeper, right, about But I'm saying – yeah, but, I, but when it comes right down to it, was that, I don't think that was ever what it was about. No, I, I agree. Because if that's what it was about, you would think that at this point the protests would die down and you'd think, okay, well, we did our due diligence. We investigated another time. We talked to people. Mark Judge uh, apparently was interviewed for three hours, um, got what we you know, were looking to find. There was, um, there was nothing against Judge Kavanaugh, so we should move forward. But that's not what it is. Right. So resist and obstruct. I mean, I don't know. Uh, look, I think that how can you fault the FBI? And I do not believe that in some way this was a narrow, narrow scope of an investigation. You're going to sit down and have a conversation with a guy for three hours. I'd say you're going into it. Who was the primary figure who was missing from the entire narrative from last which, week? Which everybody kept saying, Bring him we up. need to hear from him. We need to hear from him. We need to hear from him. And we did. And I have to say... And I know it sounds like I'm kind of climbing on the Kavanaugh bandwagon, and I guess I am in this regard. He said when the senators kept saying last Thursday, why don't you say yes to an FBI investigation? He said, what's that going to tell you? It's going to be a bunch of testimony of stuff that's going to confirm what I already said. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. Do you know that there was actually (laughs) – this made me laugh. There was actually a complaint today uh, by someone who works in the, for a staffer for the Senate Judiciary Committee that the FBI did not interview Christine Blasey Ford. Right. Uh, but they Didn't did. Didn't we all watch hours of of the senators questioning her themselves? Yeah. So why does the FBI need to question her? We wa- we all watched that happen. What else do they need to ask her? I don't know. That was a pretty deep interview, I'd say. Well, I, mean, I don't know what else she could say yeah. that she didn't say. And the I mean, the poor woman was on this on that at that table for four hours. Right. I guess it's just, you know you just have to shrug your shoulder at some know. point. I am not so deeply invested in this emotionally. I never was. We. I just think, wa- I just wanted to know what was true. Right. But we all get dragged into this thing now. What used to be a fairly simple process of the FBI doing their job, looking at background checks, investigating candidates, and then finally having hearings and then essentially Senate approval on a Supreme Court nominee, which didn't happen not that long ago, less than five, six years ago. Now we've reached a new point of hysteria, and he said, she said, and back and forth, and additional FBI uh, hearings and investigations. It's just a mess. I, I don't lose, I don't lose sleep over it, but I know people do. People have sort of spun their entire world around this whole thing. America is going to be fine moving forward. I mm-hmm. truly believe that mm-hmm. America is going to be fine. I also think that we all need to learn how to lose. I think we all need to learn how to lose. Whatever our political perspective is, whoever our guy is or our girl, whoever it is we think is great, if you're a big Trump fan or you're a big, you know, Nancy Pelosi fan or, you know, Bob Casey, you know, whoever your, your person is, whenever that person loses, we have to be, we have to recognize that that's part of being involved in the political process is that our person Loses. Our side loses. But I don't think that's possible anymore. I don't think it is either. And I think that that's what contributes to this poison is we just can't come to grips with the fact that sometimes our side loses and then we're supposed to regroup and then we're supposed to work on the next election. Now it's like hashtag resist. Right. Obstruct. 
But I think now we have a bunch of, especially millennials, and I hate to sort of push out the Mike. finger, you know. But new Mike, our, our millennial representative. Everyone's coddled. Every you know, everyone's everyone's coddled. We're a bunch of a wimpy little soft nation. We we are, and I'm not saying it's just millennials, Mike. I'm just saying you know that the I iPhone has turned us said. into a bunch of wimps. And we're all ready to sort of scream and cry at the drop of a hat. We don't get our way. We pound our fists. It's a drag. It really is. It is. It is. Got to help us all. Yeah. So how, I don't know, maybe looking forward, it's just has to be a matter of us learning how to contribute in a way that's healthy and right and humble so that when we lose, we lose. We figure it out. We regroup. We work on it the next time. And it's not all life and death. Let's take a break. Uh, we come back. Pastor Bill Glaze, William Glaze joins us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. We're going to talk about uh, what does it mean to be born again. Stay with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Imagine people going to church year after year after year, but they are spiritually empty. Why? Because the Word of God is either watered down or diluted. Because the Word of God is either ignored or denied. I often tell people, if you are in one of those dead churches, what you need to do is run. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The cost of many Medicare plans are decreasing this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans. Plans that can eliminate your out-of-pocket costs. Plans with $0 premiums. And even plans that pay you back. What is it people need to keep in mind? With so many new options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more. With lower copays, more choices like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Don't miss out on savings you deserve. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. Find out if you can get a Medicare plan that pays you back. Call 800-735-8803. That's 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803. Hello? Hey, I'm so glad you reached out to me. What's going on? I just don't see how my life can get any better. What's going on? Why are you feeling that way? It's everything. It just feels like everything around me is falling apart. If something doesn't change soon, I just don't know what else I can do. You're doing something right now by talking about it. What's something you're concerned about right now? Faithful Counseling is here to help. Our team of licensed Christian counselors want to help you get through this. We can begin a conversation when you're ready by text or phone or even video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. I'd like to give you your first week free. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. Let's talk. Go right now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. We really want to help you. It's so easy to get started and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. Let us help. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. 
a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Hey, welcome back. Happy that you're with us today. It's Thursday edition. Pastor William Glaze is with us, anchored in Jesus, heard Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. here on Word FM. And Pastor Glaze, my friend, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing wonderful. You guys had a very robust uh, discussion going on uh, before uh, this time. Uh, I was thinking about uh, something that Kathy said, and I I agree with her 100% that, you know, we don't know how to lose. None of us know how to lose. No, no, you know, I I remember, uh, and I know we're not talking about this, but I just was reflecting upon uh, when I went to a a spelling bee for my granddaughter when she was in, like, seventh grade. And, uh, you know, these seven-year-olders, you know, when they misspelled a word, I mean, they just broke down and, you know, just began to weep and cry, and it's like their whole world ended. And, I mean, I I know that's, you know, a a very traumatic experience for them, but, you know, I think that that was a good learning uh, experience or, or teaching time, you know, to let them know, okay, you know, yeah. you know, everybody can't win the spelling bee, you know, and, and, and to be able to talk them through it. So, you know, I, I kind of think that there's something that happens, you know, early on where our kids are not learning how to uh, lose gracefully. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know, watching all this craziness since last Thursday with the Supreme Court, it's made me think, and John and I have talked about this multiple times, Bill, that we're watching people react to the Supreme Court nominee like, the Supreme Court is like some kind of like Vatican Council or some like group Guardian of angels. Yeah, priests or bishops or right. something. It's mm-hmm. like it's taken on this weirdly religious significance. Like there are right. they have to be our perfect representatives or something. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I think people, you know, all have their special special interests and they feel like, you know, if the wrong person gets in there that, you know, my my interest is not going to be protected. Yeah. Right. So so do you think that's just the fact that we're we're just too secular. We just don't recognize that there's a God who, you know, actually knows what our needs are. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if we lived in a theocracy, you know, it would be a lot different. But, you know, we, you know, we live in a in a world where the Bible says that the, the devil was the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. And you know, that actually means a world system. So, you know, I mean, you know, we're laboring under a system that, you know, is, is that goes against God, even though it's supposed to represent you know, biblical principles. Well, thank God for the promise of heaven, Bill. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Isn't hey, that the hey, truth? Okay, hey, so man. so it's kind of interesting, though. You wanted to talk about the idea of being born again. But, you know, you think about Nicodemus who comes to Jesus, and it's nighttime, right? So maybe he was afraid right. to come during the day. Um, and he's a person who's supposed to, like, know the answers, right? But he right. comes as the, as the questioner to Jesus. Right, yeah. I, I mean, he... Uh, heard Jesus, you know, speak, and, you know, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons that he came, he said, because nobody can do uh, the miracles that you do or the signs except God be with him. And and so, you know, he was a part of the religious crowd of the day. And, you know, many people believe that he came at night because, you know, he didn't want to be outed, you know, and say, hey, there goes Nicodemus, what's he doing going to see Jesus? And then, you know, other people say, well, you know, there were so many people around Jesus during the day 
that you know it would have been less people at night and that's why that's why he went uh you know but whatever the reason you know there was something that was missing in his life that he saw in Jesus and he went to you know inquire about that and you know Jesus you know kind of you know told him you know you must be born again i think like three times in that passage uh he uses the word born again and you know when you think about the the term born again I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, you talked about, you know, worldliness. And, you know, that has actually become a watered-down term, you know, when you think about it. You know, you know, athletes are born again. You know, actresses are born again. Actors are born again. You know, so, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's been watered down. And I think that even we as Christians don't understand the full ramification of what it means to be born again. No doubt. You know, you know that Jesus never used, you know, never said become a Christian, and Jesus never said get saved. But, you know, he did say born again. And so, you know, we, you know, we, we need to really dig into that and see, you know, what Jesus meant when he, when he said that. Yeah. So, Bill, use your own template then. I mean, your story is not like, uh, unlike a lot of guys' stories, myself included. I mean, you know, as a young man, you were a wild thing, but then you did become born again. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely was out there uh, in the world enjoying uh, you know, as, as somebody said, you know, I was out there, uh, the chief of sinners, like the apostle Paul said, yes, sir. and I, you know, I, I committed every sin, every which way that you, you wanted to. And, uh, and, and yet and still, when, when I came to that point, when I was confronted, you know, with the gospel and I, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior, you know, I was born again and, and the term born again. And, you know, I, I've been doing a series through the gospel of John and, and, and never really considered it from this angle. But I looked it up in the Greek, and the term means to be begotten from above. And so, you know, I, that, that really grabbed my heart. Because if, if you think about, you know, Jesus' message, what did he preach? He preached the kingdom of heaven. You know, he preached the kingdom of God. And he was trying to tell people how to get into the kingdom. And so the term, you know, being born again means that you have to be begotten from above. You know, Nicodemus kind of got it confused, and he said, well, you know, should, should we enter into our mother's womb a second time? And, you know, Jesus said, no, no, you got to be born again. You have to be begotten from above, that, that there's a birth that only comes from on high. And if you were born into this life, you know, you, you miss that birth unless you have, you know, the second birth, which is that, you know, uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. So what about born-again Christians? Um, you sent us a chart that talks about the percentage beliefs, yes or no, on different uh, issues, theological issues, the way people look right. at faith, and some a couple things, how do, how do Christians look at culture? Um, first, of, first of all, give us a couple things on the chart. Second of all, what do they mean to you? Okay, well, you know, you know one thing is, and, and I'm, you know, I, I guess because I love the Word of God so much and I like to teach around it, you know, I always go back to to the Word of God, and you know, in it it says uh, how many of born again Christians believe the Bible is the Word of God, and it contains no errors. And you know, that was like seventy six people yeah. believe, twenty four percent didn't. And so, you know, I, you know, again, I'm wondering if, if you've been born, you know, again, I'm saying truly born again, you know, because I think some people use that term just you know from their lips, and 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 there hasn't been a heart transplant uh, transformation. Uh, but if you've been truly born again, you know, I, w- I would think that you would see uh, through the through the Holy Spirit that the Bible is the Word of God. You know, now I mean, we can get into all the different things about you know translations and stuff like that. But you know, I'm talking about in the original autographs that that when God gave it to 
you know, mankind, when he gave it to the writers, that he, he gave it to them, you know, according to the way that he wanted it, and it was without error. And so, you know, if, you, if you've been born again, it seems like that, that's something that you should connect with. You know, an, another thing, you know, that, that, that kind of, you know, blew me away, you know, where, where it says that, you know, as sinners, all people are uh, not basically good. And, you know, uh, 25% of the people believe that, 75%, you know, didn't believe that. And, and so, you know, I mean, you, you know, you go back to the Scripture, and, and as you look at the Scripture, I, I think we live in a politically correct world where, you know, we don't want to offend anybody, you know, we don't want to step on any toes. But when you look at, you know, what the Scripture says, that there is none righteous, no, not one. You know, Jeremiah said all of our righteousness is like a filthy, I mean, Isaiah, it's like a filthy rag. So, you know, basically at heart, you know, no, we're not you know, good. But, you know, God makes us good, you know, in that transformation, in that born-again experience, you know, that we have the goodness that God wants us to have. So not only is is are those two things, especially the last one about people being basically good, not only is that indicative, uh, Bill, of people not knowing or believing what the Bible says, but how about just looking in the mirror? Like, it's hard to believe right. that 75% of the people said that they're they're basically good. Right, right. How, how does that work? I don't get that. that that's poor teaching. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, we have to be uh, careful about the, the messages that we, as, as, as pastors and as preachers, you know, if, if we preach a watered-down gospel, if we, you know, if we preach a, a, a gospel message that, you know, makes people feel good, and, and I, I think that that's what's happening. You know, we, you know, we, and I, you know, I'm, I, I pride myself on being a motivational speaker and trying to motivate, you know, people to, to, to get into motion and do things. But, you know, if, if we're looking at just having a motivational message and, 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 you know, we never talk about sin or we never, you know, condemn wrongdoing, you know, I think that people begin to get a false sense of, you know, who they are. And, 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 and that's, and that shows up, I believe, in those statistics right there. Whereas people say that they're born again, you know, but, you know, they, they've been having their ears tickled, as Paul said, and, and, and haven't had, you know, I, I heard a preacher say one time, uh, or somebody say, man, you really stepped on my toes. And the preacher said, well, I wasn't aiming for your toes, I was aiming for your heart. And so, you know, we have a lot of preachers that are not hitting the heart, you know, with the, you know, with the, the true message of, of the Scripture. Yes. But, Bill, back to you being born again. When that happened to you, certainly there was... There was something that changed in a massive way, right? Oh, oh, definitely. You know, uh, you know, just just my desires, you know, for the things of the world kind of diminished. No, it, it didn't happen all at once. No, but you know, there was there was something that happened. I mean, I, you know, for me, there was a desire to you know, begin to know what God wanted me to do, and you know, so I began to read His Word. Uh, I remember when I first got saved, I came, I was here in Pittsburgh, and I was on my way back to Colorado, where I went to college at. And somebody gave me a Bible, and I, 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 they said, well, just start reading the New Testament. And I read the Gospel of uh, Matthew, and I said, well, let me read the next book. And I read the Gospel of Mark, and I said, man, this stuff sounds familiar. It seems like I, I just read that. You know, and I wasn't aware. Even I was so fresh and raw that I didn't understand that, you know, that, that these were the Gospels telling the same story about Jesus. And, and, but I just had a hunger to know, you know, what God wanted me to know. What about... Do you see in your congregation a similar uh, breakdown to what you saw from this chart, which is from American Culture and Faith Institute? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I would hate to, to 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 say that, but to some degree, I do. 
uh, you know, I, one of the things that we do here is, you know, we put a, you know, very, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is different than any other church, but just put a high value on, on the Word of God and knowing the Word of God. Uh, so, yeah, th- there would be, uh, you know, some similar breakdowns, hopefully not in some of the areas as extreme. But, yeah, you know, you, you see it because, you know, everybody, uh, I, I just say this, everybody talking about heaven is not going there. And so, you know, the, some some people don't have that connection, that heart connection, and I think that that's why you know we see some of the, some of the things in this breakdown right here. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Bill, talk to us about Bethany Baptist. What what are you doing? Oh, okay. You know what? We're starting a class this evening. A lot of people don't know about this, but there's a a, a group that's kind of coming into the urban communities, and it's called the Black Hebrew Israelites. And we're starting a class on it, and you know this this is a group of people who believe that you know they are the lost tribes of Israel, that the blacks in America you know are the the tribe of the lost tribe of Judah, okay. and that you know we need to keep the law. Uh, so you know we're, we're starting a class on that because a lot of our people you know are being touched by relatives and friends and coworkers hmm. who are getting involved. Interesting. Hmm. Now I haven't I haven't heard of that. Is is that like a, a newish thing? Well, it's been around for a while. It's just becoming, you know, kind of more radicalized okay. and also more popular uh, because, you know, uh, it's, it's just a lot of things. I mean, that's that's a whole other discussion, but it, it it's becoming more popular, you know, in recent times. And the, you know, with the, you know, when you look at all the you know the, the police shootings and things of that nature, yeah. you know, this group has gained a lot of. Uh, 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 momentum because they have answers to some of those things. Mm. All right, so that's this evening. The first class gets underway. Yes, yes, at seven o'clock. Very nice, Bethany hey, Baptist Church. Next time you come on the air with us, let's talk about that, Bill. Okay, well, I'll put that on the agenda for Good. the first Thursday in November. Good. Excellent, Bill. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. All right, Pastor William Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church, anchored in Jesus, heard Monday through Friday, seven o'clock, right here on one hundred one point five WORD. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit 
offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during admissions week October 15th and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Any shower in the area will be moving away early on this evening. Partial clearing and cooler tonight. Low 49 degrees. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Highs near 70. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night. Low 59. Then for Saturday, warmer and humid. With clouds and some intervals of sun, along with a shower or thunderstorm. By Saturday, 81 degrees. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We meant to talk about this yesterday, but uh, we were so busy with other subjects, we blew right by it. But we're super excited about Frances Arnold from Edgewood, PA, 62 years old. She won a Nobel Prize yesterday in chemistry, the fifth woman woman to win a chemistry Nobel Prize uh, and the first since 2009. Congratulations to her. Isn't that amazing? Sure is. Uh, raised in Pittsburgh, a graduate uh, graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, professor of chemical engineering, bioengineering, and biochemistry at Caltech. She won one half of the prize for the directed evolution of enzymes. Got I mean, that? I was interested in writing on that subject. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they say this. Uh, this year's prize is about harnessing the power of evolution, said uh, Jorhan Hansen, Secretary General of the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences. The scientists used evolutionary techniques in the laboratory to create powerful biological enzymes, molecules that speed up chemical reactions and other important molecules. Arnold's work, which has been utilized to create substantial biofuels, is, quote, Contributing to a greener world, Mm. the Academy said. Her work is incredible. Now listen to this. I saw this uh, right up in NBC News because it had some additional details I was surprised to find out. Um, Her first husband, biochemical engineer James Bailey, died of cancer in 2001. Her former partner, Andrew Lang, was a prominent cosmologist who died by suicide in 2010. Arnold herself diagnosed with breast cancer. In 2005. And in 2016, her son, William Lang Arnold, passed away in an accident. Oh, my goodness. She said in her speech at Caltech last year, so many things in my life have gone awry. Nine months ago, my beloved son, William, died accidentally. He would have finished his junior year in college this week. His brothers and I experience a profound ongoing loss. And every day I think of the wonderful man he was and would would have been yet. 
Dr. Arnold managed to survive and thrive as a single mom and as a woman in a world heavily dominated by men. And as you said, John, yesterday she became only the fifth woman to win a Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Outstanding. Well, congratulations to Professor Arnold and uh, Pittsburgh's Proud once again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Congratulations to her and her family. Take a break. Come back. We're going to go and speak with Tom Soroka about Russian government and the Ukraine church and stirring the pot about religious freedom. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New, new, new music. Living Hope. New from Phil Wickham. Jesus Christ, Only Jesus by Casting Crowns. And Survivor by Zach Williams. I'm a survivor. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, that's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to purchase the gas station egg salad. Eat the gas station egg salad and regret the gas station egg salad as you presented numbers to the board. <clears throat> to add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 egg salad minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Uh-oh. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, 
Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Father Thomas Roke is with us from St. Nicholas Church in McKees Rocks. Father Tom, always a pleasure to see you. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. We can't complain at all. Well, we can't complain. Oh, we can't complain, but we choose not to. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so you're bringing us uh, uh, some details of international, uh, what? Import. Goings on. Import, yes. Between the Russian government and uh, Ukraine, and it involves Christians. Yeah, I think just to intro this a little bit, I wanted to talk a little bit about unity because we are talking about the church. And yes. We're talking about there's an the there's capital an, C church, <clears throat> the big church, all of us. Yes, I mean the, the the church in general. When we talk about what is important, the the Bible talks a lot about unity um, and the importance of that. Saint Paul says, "Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak." The same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Mm. Orthodox Christians really value unity. And I would say, I, I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head here. I was listening to the show. I'm, by the way, I listen every day. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a show a couple days ago, and you had a woman on, I forget her name, who was talking about why it's important for Christians to remember that the United States is not the center of Christianity. Yeah. Right. Remember she said that? Yeah. Yes. I, I was like, I was in the car cheering. Yes, yes. You know? <laughs> It's very important that we in the United States, regardless of whether we're Christian or not, that we remember that this is a very big world. As Christians, Christianity has indeed existed for 2,000 years. And there are hundreds of millions of Christians that have belonged to the same Christian body for 2,000 years. That is the claim of the Orthodox Church. Now, some may say, eh, it doesn't matter, you know, because – that, you know, that's just sort of a style of worship. We can set that aside for right now. Let's just sort of go forward and talk about the importance of unity. The idea is that a church is united in certain things, doctrine, authority, discipline, even worship, the way in which we do things. There was an interesting article uh, that just came out a couple of days ago. If you, are you a fan of Hillsong? Oh, sure. And so did you hear what happened? Mm-hmm. So Hillsong broke away from their parent body, right? It was uh, like the Assemblies of God in, in Australia or something. So they're starting their own denomination. Wow. And I think people in the United States and especially evangelical Christians would might say something like, eh, who cares? Like, what does it matter? Not to me. But – The point is, when we sort of have another division, any division, it is not pleasing to God because it does not reflect who God is. God is three persons who share the same divine nature, and they are perfectly united in love, these persons. And so our one God in three persons is the the perfect image of what unity looks like. Mm. So Christians who are individually members of the body of Christ are called to be united to one another, and that includes all over the world. So 
the topic that I wanted to just bring to your attention today is something that people may have seen in the news. And that is there is a rift right now. And it's actually pretty serious. There's a rift in the Orthodox world. We're talking about 250 million to 300 million Orthodox Christians um, between sort of two very large and influential churches. The largest Orthodox Church in the world is the Church of Russia. Church of Russia has probably between 80 and 100 million Orthodox Christians. Let's say 80 million. And Russia, and, and Kathy, I know you know the, the history of Russia pretty well. Um, John, you know about pierogies, right? So, <laughs> Hey, that's a good combination. <laughs> sure if, you can, yeah. if you can mix your history and your pierogies, <laughs> you're a happy person. <laughs> so in, to boil it down, when you look at Russia, Russia is just this massive place, and there are a lot of Slavic lands like Ukraine that was all united. There's a history to that. Rus, the, the ancient uh, 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 way of speaking about Russia, actually started where Ukraine is, right? And then eventually that capital was moved to Moscow, which is where it is today. Well, the church plays into that, right? Because you have the Church of Russia, and the way the Church of Russia sees it is that it's all the same church. It's the Church of Russia. There's the Church of Ukraine, which is very autonomous. It it, it behaves and, and works very independently from Moscow. However, there's a little bit of authority there that Moscow has. What Constantinople, which is considered in orthodoxy the the ecumenical patriarch he is the first among equals um what he is saying is look russia you need to get this ukrainian situation sorted out this, poli- this political situation or no, this the, within or the this, church okay so what the ukrainian church part of the ukrainian church uh, and it again it's a little complicated but try to stay with me here there are actually three competing orthodox churches in Ukraine. Now, only one of them is actually considered truly orthodox. It is truly what we call a canonical body. In other words, it's a place that orthodox Christians like to go to my church or me or my bishop could actually go to communion and say, I went to an orthodox church. The other two churches are not considered canonical by the world of orthodoxy, but they exist. So it's maybe one-third of the Ukrainians uh, that are Orthodox, which is the vast majority of Ukraine. Um, they belong to these other two bodies that are a little bit, uh, little bit sketchy because it was a breakaway, right? And is that – they're sketchy because they're aligned politically with the government? Exactly. I, I, well, it's sketchy because they broke away from the church. But they broke away from the church – Definitely for political reasons. So in they, other words, they didn't want to be under Russia. They wanted to be independent. So they just simply broke away and started their own church, their own Orthodox church. So we don't want to be clearly subservient to Russia at all. And we for sure don't want to be subservient to the Russian church. Exactly. That's, that's their thinking. I see. And so Constantinople which is considered the first among equals. It's, it's centered in Turkey, very, very ancient, Byzantine Empire, et cetera, et cetera, steps in and says, guess what we're going to do? We are going to grant what is called autocephaly. It means recognition that you are the Orthodox Church in Ukraine. We're going to grant it to these schismatic groups. And Russia mm. was like, wait, time out, because 
the canonical Orthodox Church is the Ukrainian Orthodox Church under us. And you can't step into our territory and do this. And so there is this pretty serious fight going on. It's, it, it all sounds very political, but in the end, it's about unity, that we have to speak the same thing and we have to think the same thing. And so the two sides are this. Constantinople is saying, we have the right to tell these people, you are now Orthodox and we are granting you autocephaly and you are going to be self-governed. You are going to be the Orthodox Church of Ukraine. And Russia is saying, no, Ukraine belongs to us because they have always belonged to us ever since you granted us Constantinople. You granted us autocephaly back in the 1600s or whatever it was. And Ukraine was always sort of part of our mm -hmm. church. Now, very clearly – there is a political element to this. There is a war going on in Ukraine. Ukraine is very much divided between East and West. It's divided between Russia and those who want to be completely and utterly independent from any Russian influence whatsoever. And that unfortunately bleeds into the church and it causes this very, very um, tense and difficult situation, not only there, but here. Mm. Because why? There are Russians that live here. There are Ukrainians that live here. There are people that their bishop is Constantinople. There are people that their bishop is in Moscow, here in, in America. And so because Russians and Ukrainians are really ethnically so close, it's like feuding cousins kind mm -hmm. of a thing. And it's very sad because uh, it's a terrible witness to the world. Um, the reason that I come to you uh, to, to let you know about this is simply to ask you to pray and to simply let you know that we should never, as Christians in the United States, no matter of, of what stripe you are, we should not ignore these ancient churches as being archaic or meaningless mm. or politically motivated. I have been to Russia. I know many of these people. They are... Um, desirous of unity with Christ. They love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They are working out their salvation with fear and trembling. All of these Orthodox Christians, Ukraine, Russia, and so forth, want to do this. But this, this idea of unity gets clouded. And so yeah. in our communities, we need to make sure that we're speaking the same thing of the same mind, that we're not allowing politics to get involved in our lives. And we're really trying to, uh, you know, forgive one another and, and, and be uh, kind to one another because things can spin out of control very, very quickly. Yes. I mean, well, the nature of the church, at least since the Reformation, is the church would split. I mean, look how many different Protestant denominations there are, thousands and thousands. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling us, Father Tom, is this is just an age-old story with a new chapter. It is an age-old story. I don't think it will ever come to some permanent split within orthodoxy. But, you know, if anybody knows anything about church history, and I hope everybody takes the time to read church history – it is unfortunate. You can start in the book of Acts and you can see the, the splits that happened, right? right, right. Um, St. Paul, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, mm -hmm. right? He, he talks about that. And then very, very early on, you had more splits. Uh, the, you know, there was one in orthodoxy between the Coptics and the Armenians, the so-called Oriental Orthodox. And then you have the greatest 
split in Christendom, which is between Catholicism and Orthodoxy, the East and the West, called the Great Schism. And then later on in the West, you have another split. And then in Protestant, you have hundreds of splits, right? And I understand, I do understand the temptation of, and and I'm not saying this in, in any kind of derogatory way, I understand the temptations of Protestants to say, who cares? We all believe in Jesus, you know, let's hug it out and, and mm-hmm. let's just sort of focus on right, the unity, you know, the unity of whatever we can believe in. However, you know, when we look at the scriptures, when we look at the way that we interpret it, it's complicated. It is complicated. And we have to be willing. We have to be humble enough to be able to uh, submit to some truth and be able to submit to one another in humility um, without causing divisions with one another. It is unfortunate that we have so many divisions in Christendom. I don't think that we should simply dismiss them as easily as we do today. I understand the temptation to do that, but I don't think it's right. So pray for the Orthodox Christians That's of good. Russia. Pray for the Orthodox Christians of Ukraine. Pray for the Orthodox Christians that are under the ecumenical patriarch. We're praying for you, too, (laughs) and we're praying for the unity of all Christians, but especially these people who are just digging out of communism after 30 years. And now, you know, with this freedom, they now have the freedom to kind of fight with one another. And we need to we need to make sure that this gets healed. And, you know, the thing that we could spend hours and hours talking about is that ever since Constantine was converted to Christianity, the link between government and church has been blurred has been blurred. And for most, I mean, for, because of where we live in history, we tend to think that the church and the government have always been separate. But the truth of the matter is that for most of world history, that has not been the case. The churches and the governments have been working in concert, and it makes everything just really polluted and complicated. And, and the only thing I want to say about that is I understand the American temptation to say, look, you know, there should be like complete separation but the, there is the idea that the church is a kingdom and we are under the king. And this sort of metaphorical way of understanding this, this kingdom that we all belong to, uh, has a meaning for our lives and the way that we live it out. So making this division between the secular and the sacred, sometimes that's not necessarily the orthodox way. So there's something to learn there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I agree with you. It just gets very ugly with politics. Thank you, Father Tom. Thanks, guys. Father Tom Soroka from St. Nicholas Church in McKees Rocks. Information about uh, St. Nicholas, wordfm.com, and our Facebook page, The Right Home with John and Kathy. Take a break, come back, reset for the 5 o'clock hour. we got a lot more ahead. Of course, we're talking about James Comey, the FBI. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. 
Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Call 1-800-936-5496. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code word. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, go negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Boy, that's complicated stuff. What's happening in uh, Ukraine. The relationship yeah. between the two. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so easy for us who live in a democratic America post-1776 to recognize this separation between church and state, which, by the way, is not in the Constitution, um, but is uh, is mentioned in the Federalist Papers. And um, it's something that we believe in, uh, is that there's a separation between the two. Yes. But for the vast majority of world history, that was never understood. No, that no, was no. never something that was tried. This, uh, I mean, all the movements of, of great nations um, – from uh, from the earliest, uh, I mean, from when Constantine was uh, was converted, have been linked. There there have been Christian nations, there have been Muslim nations. But that's just that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, we give thanks that we live in a time where we recognize that you can be a Christian and you can be on different sides of a political debate. Yeah, but when you look at what's happening with uh, religion in Russia, I mean, you ha- have to look at the Cold War and communism. Well, you have to, you I have mean, to look at all those decades of communism. Oh, my You're gosh. Absolutely right. John, people you, away. You were there. You saw it yourself. Firsthand. And the many of the Christians that we connected with while we were in Russia and Ukraine, they all said, you know, the Russian government is really the central religion and how they influence, um, you know, the Ukrainian religions as Christians and the Russian religion – 
that they were held under the thumb for all those many years. So it's hard that they said, that the people that we spoke with, were hard to trust anyone connected with the, with the Orthodox Church. That's very complex. And here in America, we only have a tiny fingernail view of what's going on. But those, Father Tom made a great point in this regard, that these are our brothers and sisters in the faith. Yes. They speak a different language. They live in a different culture. But they're people but they're who, lovers of Jesus. They're people who believe in the same Jesus. And, um, and they have been, the Russian people and all, and the Ukrainian people, they have been victimized by, by bloodthirsty leaders. For app for decade after decade <laughs> yeah, after decade, and a lot of those bloodthirsty leaders, unfortunately, have not just lived in the government buildings, but they've lived in the halls of the church. Yep. Um, just like in all of our churches, we've got corrupt leaders. I mean, we that's just the way do. it is. So, God help us. God help us indeed. How does that work? That you love Jesus, but there's still the uh, the hen house is filled with foxes. Take a break. Come back. Stick around. Five o'clock hour. All the Lonely Workers, why the uh, social dimension of work is more important. Integrity. We'll talk about that next. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. It's a confident group of Judiciary Committee Republicans predicting victory in the battle to confirm Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Utah's Orrin Hatch saying a Kavanaugh confirmation will be a victory for the Senate. A reminder that the politics of baseless personal destruction has no place here. Texas Senator John Cornyn says a vote against confirmation will be a vote for the shameful intimidation tactics that have been employed as part of an orchestrated smear campaign. The Senate has scheduled a crucial vote to advance Kavanaugh's nomination in the morning, with a final vote set for Saturday. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. Justice Department officials say three of the seven Russian military intelligence officials accused in the hacking of anti-dope agencies were previously charged by special counsel Robert Mueller. On Wall Street, the Dow was apparently down today. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For eight years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. 
This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Any shower in the area will be moving away early on this evening. Partial clearing and cooler tonight. Low 49 degrees tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Highs near 70. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Then for Saturday, warmer and humid with clouds and some intervals of sun, along with a shower or thunderstorm. By Saturday, 81 degrees. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. The uh, soap opera continues in Washington, <laughs> D.C. High drama today as the FBI, in the middle of the night, 2.30 a.m., the FBI delivers their report over... Um, Do you think that they woke everybody up? I don't know. Do what, they said, what hey, happened? guys. Ding dong. Hey, guys, we're here with the report. We've been thinking about this. Who delivers a report at 2.30 in the morning? Okay, so now, apparently, most of the senators have had an opportunity to sit down with a report, which I believe is only nine pages long. How long does it take to read nine pages? Nine pages. Three of those pages, apparently, were filled up by uh, Mark Judge. And right, he was um, interviewed for three hours, yes, apparently. The Democrats, of course, are complaining because they feel as though there is no thoroughness to this investigation, that the White House, in many ways, has been obstructing the investigation. What, for the first time in the last two years, the White House and the FBI are working together? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't buy think that. so. James Comey was in town last night, which is interesting. Yeah, he was uh, speaking on the, uh, is that the Robert Morris Speaker Series, Speaker I think? Speaker Series, to a sold-out Heinz Hall. Sold out. Wow. James Comey is six feet eight. He appeared apparently what? in a black suit on stage alone and mostly told stories about being uh, what it is to be an effective leader. And of course, what he it is to be an effective back- leader. I'm sorry that there's a little bit of irony in that based on it. his leading. Yes. Well, he wanted to look behind the headlines. The former FBI director uh, had that pack house on the edge of their seats. He said um, that. Uh, 
he had hoped that the the administration and him would reach some sort of peaceful accord, but apparently that did not happen. Well, based on his speaking schedule and all of the uh, gigs he's taken, I feel like he's going to uh, perhaps divide that even further. When you're selling out Heinz Hall. That's impressive. That's very impressive. That's, you know, I mean, look at, you know, when you think about um, bands who travel, you know, big bands, U2 or whomever, and what they, what it costs to amount a show like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And what their profit margin is back. And then someone like Jim Gaffigan, the stand-up comedian, a guy comes on stage holding a microphone by himself. There's no special effects. There's no lighting things. There's no big production. The profit margin between those two, between you two and Jim Gaffigan, are huge. Oh. So James Comey, in some ways, he is milking this baby of course, right to the bank. that's all cash for him. Yeah. That is all cash. He's not paying a uh, guy to no. work his special lights. He's not. I don't think he's flying the in. The James Comey light show is not going to be right. probably written up in Rolling Stone. I need a new gobo there. Could you please make that correct? <laughs> yeah. Remember the good old days when James Comey was coming out and saying that, you know, he had reviewed all the information about Hillary Clinton and he was going to consider it carefully. And then he announced that he had considered it carefully and there weren't going to be any charges, but she'd done all these things that were wrong. And then we find out later, what, within the last 18 months, that they never were going to do anything with Hillary anyway. He'd already decided that. So he was just, what, grandstanding and for political theater? I despise politics. Do you know that? I despise politics so much. I know. If I never had to read, think, or engage in politics in any way, and I know that's you know anathema to a lot of people, especially in 2018, that you know we should be involved and in, in engaged. It, 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 I know. It's no good. It sucks the life out of you. It does. Okay. It's one lie layered upon another lie. Chuck Grassley said today, uh, quote, I've now received a committee staff briefing on the FBI's supplement to Judge Kavanaugh's background investigation file, and there's nothing in it we didn't already know. Mm -hmm. These uncorroborated accusations have been unequivocally and repeatedly rejected by Judge Kavanaugh, and neither the Judiciary Committee nor the FBI could locate any third parties who can attest to any of the allegations. And then Mitch McConnell said this. There are two things we know for sure. One thing is the FBI report did not corroborate any of the allegations against Judge Kavanaugh. Second, there is no way anything we did or could do would satisfy the Democrats. They've always got a reason why the goalpost needs to be moved further down the field. Uh-huh. And I got to be honest, he's got a point. Yeah. I mean, I, I The think, man has got a point. Look, last week at the 11th and a half hour when Jeff Flake said, you know, uh, I want to vote yes, but I need some time to think about this. Right. So, After every Democrat had said to Kavanaugh when he was sitting at that table, why won't you submit to an FBI investigation? Why can't we just do this? Why can't we just do this? Why can't I mean, every one of them said it. And finally, after Jeff Flake did exactly what you said, then they said, all right, let's just go ahead with it. Right. So some days have gone by. And say what you will about the FBI. I think it's a quality group of organization, men and women, who are trying to do the proper thing. Well, I certainly can't see any possible way they could be working in concert with the president since they've been at <laughs> odds. And that's the nicest way I can say it for odds. the last two years. Yeah, if they could put bazookas on each other, they would But all of a sudden there's some conspiracy between the White House I and the d- FBI? No, that somehow the president that doesn't has make what, any sense. That doesn't it make doesn't. any sense. Because, again, it's more politics. Heaven help us. Um, 
I just think it should all be part of our prayer life. Yes. Where is there peace in this oh, country? Yes. Protests sure. and yelling. I, I mean, seriously, I lived through the 1960s vicariously as a young boy, especially watching my brothers and sisters and my parents. But there were fist fights in our living room. That's how brutal it was in the 60s in our household. And this, in some ways, has that same vibe. Does it, it? It's angry and thick and day to day, minute to minute. It's this like struggle of blood and sweat. And everyone wants to make sure that their voice is heard. And they exactly and only alone, they are right in their perspective to be damned with everybody else. It's crazy. How did that feel to you as a kid? Oh, it was chaos. It scared the heck out of me. Believe me, it scared the heck out of me. Really. From where I sat as the sixth of seven kids in an Irish Catholic family from the late 60s and the early 70s, I thought the world was falling apart. Hey, look, uh, today, funny this happened uh, that you brought this up. The busboy who was made famous in a photograph as Bobby Kennedy lay dying inside a hotel in the kitchen, kitchen, he died today. 1968, this guy's 72 years old. He was a busboy. And I remember that. I mean, I remember that it's very clearly Ethel Kennedy screaming out, please don't take photos, please don't take photos, and her husband lying on the floor dying. I mean, I remember 68 so clearly with Mayor Daley in Chicago and, you know, the Vietnam protests and all that. My brother of Vietnam, you know, going to Viet- the Vietnam War. It feels in many ways, it's, it's just a different, it's a different kind of anger, but it certainly feels over the top. It's really ugly. All right, so do you – I mean, I hate to ask you a huge – like a meta question, like what did we learn from the 60s? But just from your perspective, do you, did you learn anything as a kid watching all of that that you feel like helps you to speak into what you see now? What did we learn? Well, in hindsight, now that you read about LBJ and his ongoing desire that the Vietnam War – would you know be manipulated and not end he did his best so what do i learn there don't trust the dang politicians because they're all self-serving as well what did i learn uh it was good to have a voice that people did speak up because again say what you will the youth culture and the outcry against the violence against the vietnamese people which we had no right to be there no right to be there that did change the course of history. So protest has a place. Protest has a place. There's no doubt. Of course it does. I mean, yes, you, you don't want to. Everyone has a voice here in this country. But now my problem with the protesters now. The ones that we saw on TV. Yes. So if you haven't seen any television or anything on your um, on your computers, there have been a group of people who've been protesting in Washington um, outside the circuit court building Um where Judge Kavanaugh worked. And there, many of them had to be carted off by police. It became semi-violent. People were carrying signs that had a photograph of Judge Kavanaugh on them. And the signs said, angry, entitled, unfit to serve. They were also um, unscrolling a banner, a very large banner, which said, we believe all victims. We believe all victims. All victims? You want I want the I mean, truth. Handle the truth. Where is integrity in our lives? I don't know. I mean, we're, we're missing that, right? Everyone's crying out for quality leadership, for someone to tell them the truth. I think people are crying out for, they say they're crying out for justice. We all say that. But I think what we mean, and this is where we need an adjustment, what we mean is we're crying out for someone to say we're right. Our side. Our side. 
we need someone to tell us you're right. And I think that's where we've all gone wrong because the whole idea of the gospel is we got to believe right from the start we're wrong. Integrity. We'll talk about that next with Brian Dykema from Comet Magazine. 101.5 WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. And here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It gives me inspiration and hope. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family. And we would love for you to tell us about it. It's really encouraging to me. Whenever I need to be uplifted, there's something on to uplift me. So visit wordfm.com slash story. Record a video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. It's encouraging. It's inspiring and it lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. Visit wordfm.com slash story and share your video. People who are looking to finish their basement are usually crammed for space or have a special need that they don't have the room for. Energy Swing's Total Basement Finishing System is the fastest, easiest way to turn your unfinished basement into something spectacular. We have a great system that within two weeks we can convert your unused space to something beautiful, like an office, a gym, home theater, or just a place for the kids to spend their time. It's a pre-engineered system that installs very quickly and looks great when it's done. It's a premium system because it's premium performance. It's not drywall, which is one of the worst products you can use in a basement. This is a high-end performing system. It has a lifetime guarantee against mold, mildew that won't absorb moisture and looks great when it's done. We can turn your unused basement space into something beautiful within two weeks. Right now, get $1,200 off any total basement finishing project with 5% off over and above any current offer for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning System's proven model of success. That's a little shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother on the truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Bradock Avenue. And that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two, two turn to three, three turn to ten. Guess they got good reviews about my work. Makes me feel like I'm making a difference. The trainer was good. You get a lot of one-on-one time, FaceTime. And it's not like you go through training and that's it. They're always a phone call away. You want to go to Vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed. With Vanguard backing you, sky's the limit. To start your own janitorial business in the Pittsburgh area, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724 870 This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. 
Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Okay, so this past week we've treated ourselves to one debacle after another. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've gone off the rails here. So where is politically integrity? Where is integrity in a Supreme Court nominee? Or where is integrity in someone who is pointing the finger at that nominee and saying, when you were a young man, you did X to me? And then all around that, the screaming, angry mob who is demanding integrity. But at the same time, if all of us opened up our own hearts, we would see our own sinfulness and foolishness and our and lack of despair and the ultimate lack of integrity in all of our lives. That's who we are. That's how we are hardwired. hardwired. Brian Dykema is with us. Brian's one of our most favorite, excellent guests. He's the uh, senior editor with Comet Magazine, which is a wonderful magazine, also a program director for work and economics at Cardis. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you, friend? Hey, it's been too long. Good to be here. It has. Thank you. So, Brian, I know you're on the other side of the uh, dividing line, but have you kept up with the political craziness that we're immersed in here? You know, as a, Canadians can't help but keep up. Uh, it's like, um, you know, I think one of our prime ministers said, uh, you are like a mouse sleeping next to an elephant. Uh, no matter how gentle that elephant is, uh, if you rolls over, you feel it. So it's the same same thing is true with uh, with all your news. We've we've I've been trying to not keep up, but I've been unsuccessful in that. Yeah, yeah. we've been trying too, but then we realize it's our job, and then we have to keep going back <laughs> yes, in. Yes. Well, the one thing that we have noticed um, is that both sides are absolutely at all costs unwilling to lose. There's just no possible way that you can accept losing. And I feel like that is the very first step to not having integrity because there's no possible way that you can be right about everything. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I think I think what's what's interesting uh, here is that there's a – I mean, I, I don't want to get too deep into the politics of it, but what I do think is interesting is that this whole issue is actually stemming on the question of how one part of somebody's life – aligns with and jives with another part of their life, right? So the, on the one hand, the question is, if um, uh, the, the nominated judge has acted this way, um, that there's, there's something about that person as a whole that that particular action will affect their action as a judge. And so what, what they're effectively saying here is that um, one way or the other, you're saying, look, integrity matters, the wholeness of the person matters. And these these are discussions that uh, you know have uh, long been held in politics, and Christians have, you know, long said the same thing uh, that uh, you know there is a whole person, uh, and we act as whole persons. And it's not right for us to say we're going to act in this way at one point in our lives and not do not do it in another point. That we can't say we can't just um, keep that to the side. In fact, that's been at sort of the forefront of making the arguments for Christianity in the public square. We say, hey, we can't keep our faith. Um, we can't keep our faith quiet uh, when we talk politics. That's not the way it works. Yes. So, Brian, uh, through the uh, the fall edition of Comet Magazine, uh, you focus deeply on integrity. Tell us about that. Uh, integrity from a Christian perspective is important. Why? Well, I think I think what we're it's important to talk about what we're actually getting at. So, one of most of the time when we talk about integrity. We mean somebody who's authentic. That's usually the way we, we, we think about it, right? You say, no, that person really has integrity. Um, 
if they're true to themselves, you can you can sort of take what they say to the bank. There's there's an integrity to them. Yes. Um, that's typically it's sort of a, almost a personal character um, trait. But what we're talking about, and this we are talking about that in this issue, but we're also talking it in a broader social front, which is the question of how do the various parts of our lives integrate with one another? How do they hold together? So um, we're, we're curious in, in a sort of day and age where we're sort of told to park certain parts of our life, right? When you get to, when you get to work, you've got to put your parental duties aside. Um, when, you, uh, when you go into the public square to make an argument for this economic policy or to make you've got to leave your religious beliefs behind, right? So last time I think we talked, we talked about that other judge, I think it was Amy Coney Barrett, if I'm not mistaken, who said, you know, she was under pressure to say, look, um, this is the, the whole the dogma lives loudly within you. And that right. was seen as a negative thing, right? And, and all of a sudden, in this particular case, um, there's a sort of realization, wait a minute, that integrity does matter, and we should actually admire people who live lives of integrity. So yes. we're looking at it both from a, a sort of a personal authenticity point of view, but also a uh, sort of a personal um, a wholeness uh, point of view in the sense that a person um, in one place is in line with and congruous with the other parts of their life. And moreover, we're looking at it from a sort of social point of view. So the, we, we're sort of saying look, our schooling, our education um, should align with our, our civil society, our state, if we want to put it that way. It should align with our religious education. The way we do banking should align with our, our, um, our Christianity. So th- those are the sort of multiple aspects of what, what we're calling integrity. But then, Brian, how do... How do you bring the pieces together? And I'm not talking about inside a person, though that's a valid question we can talk about, but I'm thinking about society as a whole. So, you know, you you write in the article about a sense of disconnectedness, a lack of coherence in society. And, you know, this this Judge Kavanaugh um, issue has just raised unbelievable divisions in America. Now, not divisions that weren't there already, but has certainly brought them into stark relief. And so I'm wondering how you've really got two uh, ideological groups that are marooned. There is no there is no crossover. I mean, there is hardly any middle ground there. And I just wonder, you know, one of these sides has to lose in this. Both sides can't win. And so what happens to the side that loses? Is there any possibility for coherence? I think, the, I think if I want to, if I'm going to be my sort of classic Canadian, uh, classic comment editor hat, I think there is an opportunity for. It may be true that both sides can't win, but I think it is possible that both sides can lose. Um, and I think that is actually uh, what's going on uh, in in the states. Um, uh, in, in this particular case, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I don't. I mean, I've looked at both sides of the case. I think there are are. are certain plausibilities on both sides. And as you say, a judgment has to be made at some point. But what I think it reveals is that there is a, there's a, there is a certain um, uh, disintegration of, of, uh, within American public life in the sense that so much is invested in this one uh, event. And they know that um, uh, it holds tremendous amount of power for making decisions um, and it, what it what it actually seems to reveal is the sort of disintegrating of, of a sort of a view of the common good, the possibility that a judge could be impartial 
and rule in favor uh, equally for both a Democratic or a Republican uh, candidate or a Democratic or Republican person or a Democratic or Republican issue, that the judge who's supposed to be able to sort of be an arbitrator between those things, an impartial one, um, it's sort of revealing that, that even that has become politicized. So I think it's possible that while it may be true, nobody can win, that, that everyone loses. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about the idea of, you know, when we think about the ancients and the, the way that they taught the virtues, certainly it was all leaning into or funneling into living a life of integrity. And we don't talk about that, or certainly the idea of integrity as the end product of virtues is not taught today uh, to our children. Yeah, I think I think that's a key point. I think one of the key things you do is, is if you look at, I think particularly this is true in education. But I would say that there's there's also some of it even within within Christian education circles. That when you look at um, when you're doing science or you're doing history, you're wondering how does this all fit in? Is there a bigger story here? Does it fit in into some sort of tradition or, or something. I think that's one of the challenges. A lot of people I, I, I know when they went to university, they said, okay, well, I'm studying Plato here, but I don't understand what, what this has to do with anything. Or I'm studying physics. Where does this come from? Why is this here? How does this have to do with questions of the good? Um, I think in, in the world of education, that's where it needs to start, that you have to actually have a vision for a certain wholeness. Um, What's interesting, though, and, and this is an article that I would I would really recommend to uh, to readers um, and to listeners uh, of the show, is that there's a sense in which, and I, I note this in my editorial too, that our disintegration, our sort of coming apart, has been coming right from the beginning, almost not quite from the beginning, but from the fall. Um, that you know, when we ate that apple, there was a there was a tearing, there was a disintegration of uh, of the relationship between. Um, us as as God's creatures and with God and mm-hmm. and Peter Leithart in in one of his pieces says look integrity actually requires dismemberment uh, it requires a sacrifice of some sort he he takes us through this beautiful story of um, the Old Testament sacrifices and how that has sort of come to the fore in the person of Christ so it's an interesting uh, interesting way to think about it. Hmm. So disintegration, and we're almost out of time, um, disintegration yeah. is something that we observe in society uh, and we observe in, also in, in institutions, in the death of institutions, and, and, um, but we also have it inside of ourselves. I mean, we all feel disintegrated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so part, and you bring that up in thinking about the fall, of course, is that's how it all fell apart, not just our relationship with God and each other, but inside of ourselves, we just, we can't get it together. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, as you leave us, Brian, we can't solve the problems of society all at one time. We can't solve our own problems inside ourselves at one time either. But how do we begin the process of integration? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, we had a we have a great uh, piece by Alan Jacobs called Outside In, where in his sort of classic fashion, he goes and takes the, the Pixar movie Inside Out and <laughs> talks about Nietzsche and so on. Mm-hmm. He, says, uh, he says, "Look, this is this is one of our big challenges. That even the Apostle Paul, he sort of talks about, I do what I don't want to do, mm-hmm. uh, and the very thing I do, I hate. Right? And, and what he ends with is, is he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?'" And that's the question he's asking. Effectively, he's saying, look, I am this divided self, uh, and I am fighting against myself. How, who's going to rescue me? And he just leaves that, that, that question. Alan leaves that question. But the answer, of course, is, is Christ. And now the question is, what does it actually mean? But there's a sense in which um, uh, 
Christ is the person in whom all things hang together. And when you look at his life, the sort of integrating, the, the fact that even his coming into this world is integrated with the entire story of the whole world from the beginning to the end. He's there at the very beginning. He was there. He will be there at the end. There's a sense in which he holds it all together. And that's, that's sort of what we're trying to point people towards and to see that as um, a possibility, uh, a possibility to, to, to hope for with his return. Nice. Well, Brian, thanks an awful lot. We, we're fans. We love your work, and uh, keep it up. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Our pleasure. Say, uh, Brian Dykema. Oh, hey, wait, before Brian leaves us. Hey, Brian, guess what tonight is? <laughs> is it the, are the penguins? Is it yes, the it is. That's right. <laughs> it's opening night, Bubba. <laughs> you know what, guys? I, I'm going to say it again. My boys uh, have found my old hockey cart, and uh, they're like, who's this Yammer Yager guy? Oh, my and God. They, and, <laughs> you said he's and a dinosaur who still plays hockey. Of course, and he still manages to score goals. And then they pulled out the Lemieux cards, and I was like, oh, man, this is just too beautiful. It oh, surely my God. Is. Let's go, uh, Pens. Yeah. That's all I can say. Brian Dyke in my Comment Magazine, the current issue, Living with Integrity. Check out Comment Online at cardis.ca. Stuck on the healthcare roller coaster? Still paying those high premiums? And strapped into huge deductibles? Not knowing what's around the next turn? Well, then let me tell you about a sound, sensible healthcare choice that really is affordable. It's MediShare, the healthcare sharing solution people like you have been trusting in for more than 25 years. MediShare members report saving around $500 a month on their healthcare costs, and they never pay for things they don't believe in. Time to say goodbye to that healthcare roller coaster and say hello to MediShare. Call star star 734 to find out how much you can save on your healthcare. MediShare. Call star star 734. Message and data rates may apply. That's star star 734. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, donated. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving 
from the heart. The day after Thanksgiving feeds your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. The facts about abortion are startling. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. Too often tests, like amniocentesis, become a justification for taking life rather than helping the child. Did you know 9 out of 10 parents after learning an unborn child has Down syndrome abort their child? Killing the unwanted or imperfect is simply wrong. Any shower in the area will be moving away early on this evening. Partial clearing and cooler tonight. Low 49 degrees tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. Highs near 70. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Then for Saturday, warmer and humid with clouds and some intervals of sun, along with a shower or thunderstorm. High Saturday, 81 degrees. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. The Wall Street Journal reports that hip-hop and R&B is America's most popular genre, accounting for 38% of all of the on-demand audio streams in America. But in the live show realm, rock is not just surviving, it is thriving. Nice. When Billboard ranked last year's 50 highest-earning music acts using U.S. record sales, streaming, publishing, and concerts, there were three times as many rock shows as hip-hop shows. So even though hip-hop and R&B is America's most popular genre, when it comes to live acts, there are three times as many rock acts as hip-hop ones. What happens as the baby boomers age out? Because I believe that baby boomers are really driving still the concerts. Well, I don't know. The article doesn't indicate the age of people that are going to shows. But they are saying that there's something about the rock 
tent, so to speak, that's just bigger than the hip hop tent. Sure, that makes sense. So hip hop and R and B is its own thing, and and as as the article indicated, that's where most people buy. Yeah. As far as it comes to the stuff that they're buying on iTunes or the albums they're buying or whatever, but the rock tent can include someone like. Bruce Springsteen. It can include someone like Aerosmith. It can include you two, but it can also include a group called Drive By Truckers. Have you ever heard of this band? Uh, Mike and I were talking about that today. Are they, they're Pittsburghers. No, they're from Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia, which is yeah. the home of REM. Really? Mm-hmm. How did you know that? Is that just a little trivia piece you stored back? Actually, I spent a night in Athens, Georgia. I got a friend, John Cleveland, who's an artist, and I spent a night in his um, grist mill. And he took us into town. Athens is a big college town. Right. And so, you know, the guys from Athens, they met at that college, and or from REM, they, they met at the, that college and made it their home. Well, Drive-By Truckers is a band I've never heard of, but they've released 11 studio albums over 20 years, okay? They don't dominate any streaming service, yet they have a loyal following that spends $30 a ticket every single year for a show. Listen, they were founded in 1996. They have toured relentlessly. They do 250 shows a year. Chewy. Talk about grinding it out. Can you imagine that? Wow. They run. They have run four vans into the ground. Holy smokes. Do you have they any They finally upgraded. No, I've never heard of them. They upgraded to a bus. Um, but the story talks about all sorts of different rock acts. It talks about 21 Pilots, which is like kind of like a punk band. Mm-hmm. Um that is, by the way, just as a parenthetical statement, uh, believers in Jesus, uh, 21 pilots. But they also talked about Greta Van Fleet, which is a new, which is like a new Zeppelin act, who is, by the way, absolutely fabulous, made up of three brothers and uh, a drummer, basically, oh, yeah. uh, two twins and their younger brother, plus a drummer. These are um, kids. These are kids, right. Um, so this tent of rock includes all of these groups it includes a group like drive-by truckers it includes a group like u2 a mega band it includes yeah. the stones the all-time greatest uh, grossing uh, live band in history but it also includes these newer acts like greta van fleet or fallout boy who's been around I for see. about a decade or the killers um who jay marciano chief executive of concert promotion giant aeg says the biggest unknown rock band the killers the killers really who by the way i think were on tv they were on uh conan o'brien last night where are they yeah okay all right so what's the last uh, show you went and saw the la- well the last show i saw was with you and that was todd rundgren oh oh that was a weird show <laughs> that was a weird show uh that was a horrible show yeah carnegie musical right that was one of the worst shows i've ever seen <laughs> no i i enjoyed it what kind of act i don't know does you know, know, plays for two hours and only does one of their own songs. I don't know. It was, you know, it was absolutely he was ridiculous. Uh, before that, uh, we all saw Train with Hall and Oates. Oh, the, yeah. The three of us. Yeah. Now, look, I mean, Todd Rundgren and Hall and Oates, not necessarily Spring Chickens. No. Then on top of that, I saw Paul Simon, who did his right, last even show. even older. He was 77. Right. So I, it's going to have legs, but what does rock look like in 20 years? I don't know, but I think what the article is pointing out is that if people are going to go to a show, they're three times more likely to go to a rock show, Mm. regardless of how old they are, regardless of what color they are. They're more likely to go to a rock show than they are to go to a hip-hop show. It's really interesting to me. It surely is. You think of like a Beyonce or something. I mean, it's just such a gigantic mega act with unbelievably 
you know, produced music oh and light shows and dance numbers and everything. And you'd think that that would be driving the concert market yeah. when it's really like Journey coming back, oh which is gosh. driving the market. And huh. little groups like Drive-By Truckers and 21 Pilots and Fall Out Boy. And those are the people that are driving the market. It also mentioned Muse, which is a band I like a lot. Um, and these are bands that, that are, you know, have a, a small select audience, but they tour often and they have an incredibly loyal following. That's it. So that makes following. that makes very good. What do you think is the best show? I hate to say the best show you ever saw, but how about some of the best shows you've seen? Mike, can you think shows. of this also? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I saw you too at Three Rivers Stadium. So did I. Oh, you were there mm-hmm. with the giant lemon. Yes. I have to say that's really high mm-hmm. up there for me. That's a memorable show for mm-hmm. me. I was super excited by that. You mean that was a Zoo TV tour, right? Yeah. In like ninety two. Three? Yeah, yeah, ninety two, ninety three, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, really, I love that show. I mean, I was a, a nominal fan of you two, mm-hmm. and after that show, I was I, sucked I you it. in. Yeah, I did, which they've not broken my heart. I saw Clapton at the con. It was called the console then. I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. Clapton. Uh huh. Oh no, that wasn't that long ago because you took your kids. Uh, yeah, but I was. Don't you think that was six years ago? No, I no, don't think not so. Not that, not that long. Four or five. I'm sorry, I missed that show. That was one. I could. I can't get over what a wonderful, wonderful show that was. And I had the stomach flu, and I still went, and it was so worth it. Mm. It was so worth it. Um, I, I absolutely loved seeing Clapton. Uh, I liked. First of all, I thought it was great when we we saw the Joshua Tree anniversary tour. You and your wife yeah. and my husband and I and our kids went to see it. That <laughs> right. was really great to see. That wasn't that – I mean, it was wonderful to be there. I'm so happy I was there. That wasn't a, such a great show to me. No. I really loved the original Joshua Tree way more. Way, way, way more. That was back in – oh, gosh. I don't remember. 89? Oh, my gosh. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, going to that U2 show I thought was really great. Yeah. We, we went and saw Trombone Shorty. Do you remember that? Oh, sure Out at South Park. Yeah. We sat in a blanket. Yeah, that was our a kids were little. great – show yeah if you didn't know any of trombone shorty's music you we we're just all completely sucked in yeah you know that's i'm glad you bring this up because there's something about seeing like a a band in a smaller venue like on a blanket in south park as opposed to seeing a stadium show the older i get the more i i like that better me too it just feels much more relaxed um i saw i saw elvis costello like that not like on a blanket yeah really it's star lake which I loved. Yeah. I mean, I was so super geeked to see Elvis, and it was a really wonderful show. Hmm. Mike, you have any favorite shows? Aerosmith at uh, Starlake Amphitheater. It was named Starlake Amphitheater back in 2002. Wow. And I remember we had lawn seats. I was sitting in the lawn with uh-huh. my sister, and um, my brother-in-law went to go get a drink, and my sister and I were just sitting there just talking, and um, Kid Rock opened for um, Aerosmith, and so did Run DMC. So we're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, these two girls walked out, walked up to us and said, here's two tickets. Come on they down were, front. Yeah, come on down front. No way. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I was probably like eight rows back from, <gasps> from front row. Get out. But still, it was awesome. Um, and they were right at the end of the aisle. Uh, the seats were right at the end of the aisle. And um, my sister was sitting to the right of me, and I was in the aisle seat. And Steven Tyler jumped down. From the crowd, or from the stage, onto uh, down to the, down to the crowd, and started walking up. There was a there's another stage up in the lawn. Uh, there's a separate stage okay. in the lawn, um, and he started walking 
up <laughs> the right aisle by you. that I was sitting in. What? So he was like probably like 15, 20 feet away from me, and then all of a sudden, a swarm of people just rushed the center of the, center of the aisle. And of course, he had bouncers all around him. I was trying to get out of the way. I got shoved into this bouncer, and I got a black eye. This, <laughs> what? The bouncer no. elbowed me in the eye. He didn't do it on purpose. I mean, he's just trying to get Steven Tyler up through the up through the aisle. But yeah, I left with a black eye that day. But it was still the best <laughs> concert. Oh ever. my gosh, that's yeah. really great. No, that's good. Awesome. I, I've I've never been injured at a concert, so good for you, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's nice. Okay, how about um, when's the last time you went and saw uh, heard a Christmas a Christian show? Any idea? Toby what? Mac. Oh, Toby Mac. Oh, yeah. He That's always, always, he always puts show. on Crushes a good it. show, don't you think? He's, uh, oh, sh- I think there's Toby Mac and then there's, to me, for everybody else. Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, yeah. You know, we went and saw Casting Crowns, you and I, last year. Oh, yeah, year. yeah, yeah. That was now, a good show. Casting Crowns is actually the only um, – <laughs> they're not the only Christian band um, because 21 Pilots is also mentioned and I said that they're both believers. Yeah. Um, but as far as they, they call themselves a Christian band and 21 Pilots doesn't. Anyway, they're the only ones mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article. If you can believe this, Casting Crowns last year in North America grossed $12 million. What? $12 million. Wow. Casting Crowns. Wow. We. That's more than the Avet Brothers. Yeah. It's more than Greta Van Fleet. It's up there with Fall Out Boy. That's crazy. That's a By the way, lot. I saw Fall Out Boy. Did you? Two years ago at Star they? Lake. I thought that was a good show. Yeah. I wished that it was a little more because I really like him a lot. I yeah. think he's a. I think he's a great talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has exceptional a ki- voice. Oh, don't you think? Yeah, and he's a good drummer too. Um, but I kind of wish the concert was a little more extemporaneous. How, it how seemed so? really programmed. Well, and it all- was good. I mean, it was good. It was yeah. good. I just wish that there was more time to kind of let them breathe Hang out. a yeah, little yeah. more. I mean, you ever th- see Billy Joel? I never did. Um, oh, my niece just texted me. I saw Bill. I saw Billy Joel at the Civic Arena in 1976. Oh, it was a fabulous show. My niece just texted me and said she saw Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden and uh, Billy Joel front row at PNC Park. That's really, a front great show. row at PNC Park. Good yeah. for her. I mean, that's a great show. He's a great. Uh, he is the entertainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. really. I mean, uh, in '76, when we, the P- Piano Man had just come out, and I, I love that album. And when I went and saw him, and I could not believe it. I, I you was, couldn't believe you were there. I just, I could not believe his talent. Mm. I mean, he, what a gigantic talent! That was one of the best shows I ever saw. You know who else I really loved in concert was Jeff Beck. Oh my gosh! I, I went There's to a see him five or six years ago out at. What's the of the palace in yeah, Greensburg? Yeah, yeah. He is absolutely oh, yeah. terrific. Was he by himself? Live. No, yeah, he was yeah. with band. his band. He was with his absolutely okay. killing band and his great bassist yeah. by the name of Rhonda Smith. Cool. Oh, Rhonda Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a friend of ours. Yeah, but it's just yeah. really this woman doesn't look anything like a friend. The best Christian show I ever saw was Stephen Curtis Chapman. I think it was at Orchard Hill. And he told the story of the end of the spirit with Min Kane and brought Min Kane, this guy, on stage. I mean, I mean I'll never forget it. I mean everybody in the audience, it was wild. A man who had murdered someone's father and there's the son and the murderer hugging on stage. And then Stephen Curtis was in the middle. It's fabulous. Take a break, come back, stick around. We got lots more. Well, not lots more. We got a, a slice ahead. I feel like we have a lot more. All right. There's more gas in the tank. It's the ride home with Johnny Cathy. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. 
Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. What are you doing to enhance your marriage? We want to be on the same page. Even when that gets tough. And let's face it, marriage is an up and down. And protect your legacy. One of the greatest gifts that parents can give to their kids is a great marriage relationship. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. It was one of like the best weekends ever. We just want to soak in all this knowledge. It's fun. And practical. Immediate help for today. It really helped us. And hope for tomorrow. Because we were fighting all the time. We were struggling and we were looking for anything we could to help. I think there's a perfect balance of laughter and then those really serious moments. The Weekend to Remember is coming to the Pittsburgh Marriott North November 2nd and the 9th. Don't think too hard, just do it because you're going to get something good out of this. Wow, this is really making a difference in our marriage. It's very helpful. So fan those romantic flames and take your marriage from good to great. Visit WeekendToRemember.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net So as the Brett Kavanaugh scenario goes on, it looks like the senators are going to vote on Saturday. Uh, the final vote. Right. Because tomorrow's another vote. Right. So the fo- a lot of voting going on. The focus, I guess, is going to be uh, on five people in particular, uh, two Democrats and three Republicans. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, – on the Democratic side, we have Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota and Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Um, the reason that those are important uh, – the reason that those people are on the bubble is because their uh, states went strongly for Trump. Mm-hmm. And so – are they going to be, you know, swing? Right. Are they going to be people who are going to, you know, answer to their electorate um, or their constituents? Pardon me, and you know, vote in the same way. So those are the two, and then two on the Democratic side. Now on the Republican side, we have Susan Collins from Maine and Jeff Flake from Arizona, who both this morning, after reading the FBI report, said they were going to be in for Kavanaugh and a positive on confirmation. Though since then, Jeff Flake said he has more reading to do. Okay, so I don't know what that, that means. means. And then we also have uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Look, I, I and I haven't it. read anything. I don't know where she is. I mean, when you look at Brett Kavanaugh, and oh, so, so, so say you know this moves forward, Brett Kavanaugh gets confirmed. The way that people are being attacked in the streets, 
politicians and now Supreme Court. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh in public, he'll not he'll not coach a game again. He'll not walk into a Bob Evans and sit down and have breakfast. I mean, I can't imagine what his kids are going to be like in their respective schools. I mean, I get it. These people that we're talking about are the elite of the elite. They've been raised that way. They are, you know, put in that position with their money and their connections and their prestige. However, we are doing them a great disservice. All of us are doing them a great disservice by corrupting their private lives and crashing down on them on ways that uh, until this has happened has never been known before. No. And this is a new stage in the ugliness of American politics. A new low point. Yep. Take a break. Come back. Stick around. There's a smidge ahead. Just a smidge. It's a good smidge. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. The day after Thanksgiving... Feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Two thousand University of Pittsburgh grad students who teach, do research, and perform other tasks uh, are now asking to be unionized. Are they academia's grunt workers hired as contract employees? Yes. Thus enabling the research with a multi-billion-dollar endowment to reduce their operating costs. Yes. Or they themselves are they students who are learning in the process? Not as much. Right. Uh, I mean, any person that has had anything to do with the graduate program in any major university knows that that's a reality. Right. So Pitt has hired a law firm, Ballard Spar, which represents Penn State, and now is arguing that assistants at Pitt do not do not qualify for union status. Well, why would they qualify for union status? They have their tuition paid for. Quote, our position is that they are students, not employees, Pitt spokesperson Joseph Mischik said Wednesday. A union organizer, Jeff Check, said student organization organizers at the hearing have so far offered a dozen witnesses who spoke to their job duties, which go well outside the scope of their studies to the extent that some do teaching assistant work in other departments. He added, quote, the university's high-paid lawyers are trying to take away the graduates' employee rights to organize under the Pennsylvania Labor Board. I mean, like what you're saying is true, that many grad students, a large majority, get that bonus of having a free education because they're working for the school right. by doing other work with the undergrad students. Right. That's just part of the, the exchange. Right. So if they want to unionize, then more power to them, but they can't get free tuition. I mean, that's a... 
I mean, know. if you're going to get your PhD or you're going to get your master's or something like that, and you're getting free tuition, that it, I don't think it's ridiculous for the school to expect you to be doing a lot of things. And you know, it's I, it, it is it's grunt work. It's the it's the reason that the professor doesn't have to do it is because the professor was a grad student once, and right. that's when they did it. Listen to this: grad students at Pitt, uh, as of last year, received stipends per semester mm-hmm. ranging from $7,500 to $10,500, not counting benefits, a Pitt spokesperson said. So um, Penn State also is part of this. The Labor Board has uh, sided with Penn State students, saying that they had a right to hold an election and to form a union. But the coalition of grad employees at Penn State ultimately lost the election. Mm-hmm. In a campaign to organize some 3,000 grad students stretched nearly four years and now Pitt is trying to organize well, yeah. as well. Look, if they want to organize, that that's fine. But the first thing that they're going to lose is their free tuition. <sighs> so, I mean, look, it's a horrible job. You get paid next to nothing. But you but, get a great education. But you get a great education. On, a, on, on someone else's dime. Right. It's a pain in the neck. But, you know, I've lived with it for, you know, two years or six years or however long your yeah. program is. And, and then come out, you want to join a union? Right. You go right ahead. And be a professor and then put grunt work on someone else. Yes. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.